The following is adapted from the Sky Mocha YouTube channel. If you enjoy this experience, consider supporting me on Patreon for ad-free early access content and also behind-the-scenes content. For a proper analysis of Fight Club, parts 2 through 4 will best serve you. For a political analysis of the alt-right's birth, parts 5 and 6 build off parts 2 through 4, but are not strictly necessary. Now let's begin. Topic and content warnings for racism and white supremacy, toxic masculinity, misogyny, shirtless men, mass shootings, politics, the Trump campaign, psychological warfare, and the alt-right, as well as cults, Jonestown 1984, and finally incels, uh, the pickup artist community and men's right activist movements. Uh, there's also mentions of suicide, cancer, and mental health. Um, Chuck... Palhannock, author of Fight Club, asks readers on the first page of his book, uh, Choke, back here, that I was gifted to not read Choke in order to save themselves while they're still in one piece. Palhannock is a masterclass troll that deserves a feature-length video for himself, but this complexity has led him to create the rabbit hole that is Fight Club. Fight Club leads people down very very weird places and hundreds of pages of reading and this deep in the rabbit hole it's time to start getting into the nitty-gritty and start rolling around in some dark basements ew November 18, 1978, saw the deaths of 912 lives from cyanide poisoning or gunfire in the country of Guyana. The Guyana settlement served as an escape from the racism and persecution of the United States, but in reality acted as a voluntary concentration camp. The settlement, run by Jim Jones, would later be known as Jonestown. Jones had a fast fascination with power and the real-world leaders ranging from Stalin to Marx to Mao Zedong, Gandhi to primarily Hitler. But these were all figures able to capitalize off populist ideology regardless of their goals and actions. Gandhi and Marx were populist leaders. They wanted to upend the status quo. Marx through economic reform and Gandhi through political and peaceful resistance. Philip Zambardo, infamous for the cruel and unusual Stanford prison experiment, saw Jones's techniques to similar to that of George Orwell's literal 1984. Cruelty knows cruelty best, it seems. The four tenants Jones borrowed from 1984 to build Jonestowns were the Pantanopicon of Big Brother. Big Brother is watching you, but of course, there was no way of knowing at any given moment the use of self-incrimination and public humiliation. Suicide drills. The proper thing to do was kill yourself before they get to you. The blurring of words and reality. The fourth point refers to a concept in 1984 known as Newspeak. 
The high concept of 1984 is, uh, what if a dystopian government in soccer, English socialism, existed and controlled the population? 1984 has become synonymous with authoritarianism or anything vaguely related to it, but one of its most important ideas is this idea of newspeak. Newspeak, created by 1984's Ingsoc government, is a language graded to control a population by removing, truncating, and adding words to prevent rebellious thoughts. It's mind control. Ingsoc itself serves as an example. Newspeak takes a complicated idea, English socialism, and simplifies it in a way discarding unnecessary meaning. While most equate 1984 to any form of authoritarianism, it is this specific kind of a manipulation of the language and the mind that truly classifies 1984. It's a real-world phenomenon. The Nazi party is short for the National Socialist Party or the National Socialist Party. Politburo is short for the Political Bureau of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. But because of the truncation of unnecessary words, you don't think of a Nazi as a National Socialist. You just think of them as a Nazi, which has a different meaning. When you think of the Politburo, you don't think of revolutionary communism, you think of Stalin. The combination of words creates a sort of new word that can be appropriated to any meaning. Another example we will cover later is incel. An incel is short for involuntary celibate, or in layman's terms, someone who can't get laid by forces outside their control. Uh, yeah, but we sure don't think of incels as people who just can't get laid. The word has developed its own new meaning. George Orwell poses the idea that in a sufficiently authoritarian regime, newspeak can control a population. A great counterexample of this is pronouns. Checkmate liberals. <laughs> the... The idea is, if you remove pronouns from a language, there's little way to express gender identity, essentially erasing gender as a concept in the mind. If you remove the word power from language, then how do you talk about power dynamics? You can talk about control or injustice, but what if you remove those from the language? The thought Police implies these ideas of power, control, and injustice, but if you remove the words thought and police by combining them into, say, a simplified concept of think-pull, Ingsoc creates a secret police that cannot mentally be perceived by the populace as bad. <laughs> Sorry, not bad, but ungood. Control is key. Jim Jones indoctrinated through an us-versus-them mentality and preying on irrational fears. If you can prey on an individual's weakest points, 
their hatred, their fears, insecurities. You convince them to follow you. You can then capitalize off their insecurities, limit their speech, instill in them a fear of rebellion, train them to commit suicide, and commit extremist acts. You can create a fucking army. Tyler Durden is a populist leader who capitalizes off a disillusioned and emasculated populace in order to build an insurgent army. Analysis. Fight Club can be split into two stories. Fight Club is the story of an emasculated and disillusioned office worker, Jack, finding his identity through underground boxing rings and his relationship with the characters of Tyler Durden and Marla Singer, as well as his relationship to his own masculinity. Fight Club is... Also, the story of Jack following the lead of Tyler Durden to create first underground boxing rings, then terrorist organization, inevitably becoming Tyler Durden. The first is an interpersonal view on toxic masculinity, emasculation, disillusionment with the status quo, while the second is a story focused on how that is leveraged for the sake of Tyler Durden's populist campaign. Fight Club is best known for Fight Club. However, Fight Club is a underground boxing club only takes up about a third of the story. Fight Club is a story with three arcs, the birth of Tyler Durden, the first recruit, and Tyler Durden's army. The birth of Tyler Durden is the story of Jack's struggles in working class America and the subsequent emasculation and disillusionment. Tyler Durden is an alter ego of Jack, occupying a role somewhere in between a psychosis hallucination and dissociative personality. Uh, the first recruit is the story of Jack's indoctrination into Fight Club by Tyler Durden through populist ideals. And finally, Tyler Durden's army is the story of Tyler. Tyler, through the use of techniques of indoctrination used on Jack and other characters such as Bob, is able to amass a terrorist organization named Project Mayhem, capable of, I don't know, blowing up buildings. Each of these sections involves moving elements and characters, but it's ultimately two stories, the micro-interpersonal story of Jack in corporate America and the macro story of Tyler Durden's populist campaign. This story eerily echoes aspects of Trump's campaign, something we will discuss afterwards. We can use the lens of Fight Club to analyze modern movements. Fight Club and the Trump campaign are both stories of an exploitation of the same emasculated and disillusioned communities. So an understanding of Fight Club helps us dissect the Trump campaign. Meanwhile, an understanding of the Trump campaign can also help us dissect Fight Club.